Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Thank you again for taking the time to be part of this community, taking the time to let us cross your airwaves and uh, to study God's word together. We're really honored by that. We, again, if you, if we can do anything to help you, make sure you find us on Helpful Wounded Spirits. We're constantly recommending churches. We're constantly trying to connect people together. We'd love to have that opportunity to do that with you folks. And uh, we just want to say good morning to all of you out there and our, our friends in Ukraine. We want you to know that we're praying for you. Yes. And, uh, uh, we it seems like our last apolytics uh, analytics we did is a couple hundred of you over there in Ukraine listen to us Estonia Romania, and uh, we want you to know that uh, you're heroes to us and uh, you're out mm-hmm. there preaching the message making a difference staying mm-hmm. in country when you had a chance to leave and uh, we just want you to know all of you who are listening make a big difference in life but especially those of you right now who are in a combat zone I I want all of us just to mark down somewhere on a paper pray for these folks who are yes. who are standing right now in harm's way uh, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and a uh, special good morning to my dear friend who's doing some translation work for me Mike Dud- Dudka and a uh, national pastor over there in Ukraine was trained in America went back planted uh, two churches already I think five churches and pastored two of them so uh, special hello to you guys. So we've replaced uh, a segment with a, another segment that's really important. Every day we do a characteristic about PTSD. And I was just talking to Pastor. We were kind of passing back and forth uh, what we were thinking of a particular subject and where I was coming from. And and, and I do want to mention that Mrs. Wesco will be back. Uh, she's on vacation. Her kids are catching frogs, turtles, all that stuff. She will be back. Uh, we're giving her a vacation. We don't do that much. We're not docking her pay or anything. And, uh, and she you, still makes nothing. You've yeah. noticed that I'm replacing her, but you haven't asked me to sing either. Yeah, right? That's right. There's, <laughs> there's been no singing going on. Uh, but so we get to this point, Pastor and, and friends. I think lying is a big thing. We want to make people happy. So if we suffer from PTSD, injury, or, you know, whatever brought that, that trauma onto us that caused our PTSD, we want to make people happy. And, and part of the ways we do that is we share those little white lies. We're maybe not being absolutely honest with people who love us, friends, pastors, whatever the case may be. Sometimes we use those little white lies. And, uh, and you know, God's word is, is pretty true, you know, talking about not bearing false witness, talking about, you know, doing the right things, talking about being honest. I think I found 60-something things about honesty. So where do we go with this, Pastor? Where do we, uh, if we have a problem... And we just want to satisfy people so bad that we either omit something or use those little, little white lies that are lies. Where well, do we go? I think one of the things we need to remember when we're trying to get someone to return to us, they're pleased with us. In a sense, that's serving ourselves. Because if they're displeased with us, then we're going to feel uncomfortable. We're going to be unhappy. So lying usually has some purpose of serving self. And if people will begin to realize that, it's not just that 
I think I'm helping these people. And you stop and think about this. When I speak on lying and coming out of it, I just say, what if I took you out right now and on the cement, I took a hammer and laid my hand on the cement and I took and aimed real carefully and I smashed my thumb with that hammer. Mm. And then I say, boy, look at all that blood and all of that stuff down there. I'm going to get some more and I go for my pointing finger on the <laughs> same hand and I smash it with that hammer again. Uh, someone would finally come and say, man, much preaching hath made him mad. He's crazy, mm. you know, and it, because why? For my right hand to smash my left hand, that doesn't make sense. But that's yeah. exactly what Paul says. He says, wherefore, put away lying, let every man speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Mm-hmm. And so whenever a, a Christian lies to another Christian, they are attacking one of the members that the body they belong to. And it could be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. A, it's it, a, yeah. It, there's no good way out of, you know, we can't say something's just a little white lie. Uh, it's a lie. And, yeah, and it, it is. And it's Satan-like. Yeah. You know, when we stop and think about it, Jesus told those men that day, you of your father, you're of the devil, and the lust of your father, you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Yeah. And abode not in the truth. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own because he's the father of lies. There it is. And, okay. and, <laughs> yeah. and deception is probably his most powerful tool that he uses to accomplish his evil work to oppose God and hurt others. And so we need to be careful. The lying tongue hates those that are afflicted thereby. God puts it in a perspective. You're really loving yourself and you're hating others. You're serving yourself but you don't care whether they operate on your dishonesty. You know, we can tell people to do certain things just simply by the information we give them, and they're operating, making decisions, taking actions based upon falsehood. We're hurting them. We are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's a, that's a key point. How do you look at lying? And, and it'll determine what do I want to go to. And then you come and say, and God, he's truth. Yeah. You know, yeah. the... the what truth means in the Greek, the Greek word means that which is not covered or that which is not hidden, transparent. You don't have to hide yourself. You don't have to hide things. You don't have to have a memory of what did I say? How did I say it? Where am I going with this? And makes up. But you know, a funny story, and I probably shouldn't say this, but you were talking about putting your hand down and hitting your thumb and hitting your finger. So years ago, I worked at the personnel center for the United States Army right outside of Washington, D.C. in Alexandria, Virginia. It was this two, two high-rise buildings. Uh, they were the Hoffman buildings. A gentleman named Hoffman built both buildings and leased them to the Army. So you had one building that dealt with everything enlisted and then a smaller built-in that dealt with everything officer. And, and we had a crew of people there. Well, right in the middle of both buildings was hooked together by a cafeteria, barber shops, a little 7-Eleven-like store and things of that nature. I mean, it was a real busy place. It was, uh, without exaggeration, probably a thousand people that worked between those two buildings, maybe more, you know, mostly uh, Army, obviously. It was personnel center of the Army. We had a few Australians and stuff trying to learn what in the world we were doing. But uh, most of it was Army folks and civilians. And I remember I had a barber. His name was Guido. And I'll never forget Guido. He was a Washington Redskins fan. And, brother, I had a haircut 
every single Monday, I had a haircut with that guy. The entire time I was in the Army, I got a haircut every single week. And I, I know that sounds crazy, but that's just what Army people do. Where, you know, you, when does a, a professional soldier need a haircut? Never, you know. So, so I get out and say, Guido, now it was a good day if the Washington Redskins won on something. <laughs> some of those haircuts, my head was getting nicked up and stuff. You know, I'd go in there. He and was it, upset. Huh? Oh, yeah. And, of course, you know, we, we transitioned from Joe Gibbs at that time from being a long-time, three-time Super Bowl winning coach. And we had all those tremendous players on the Redskins. There's a reason why teams get bad. You, you have good years and your draft status goes down. You know, you drafted 32nd instead of first. Mm, yeah. And, uh, well, anyway, old Guido, he would cuss, and it got to the point. So finally one day I told him, I said, you know, Guido, I said, I love you, man. I, I bring you in a coffee. I said, I look out for you, but I said, I need you to do me a favor. I said, if you could not swear. And he said, what are you, better or more righteous than everybody? I said, no, and he opened the door for me. So over the next three months, you know, over the off season, I would share the gospel with Guido. And uh, got to a point where I took him to lunch. We went and got a bagel one day. We just did a bunch of things. And in the Army, you have some of that flexibility where you can say, sir, I'm taking off for an hour. And I, yeah, go ahead. You know, mm-hmm. I'm taking Guido to get him a bagel. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, anyway, Guido got saved. And then after time, they came to me, and somehow I ended up as one of the religious leaders, so to speak, or for the chaplain, you know. And we had a picnic every year, a religious education-type picnic that the Army would pay for. So, of course, they'd come to me and say, you know, uh, hey, Sergeant Carragher, you know, how are we doing this? I was an E-8 at the time. How are we doing this picnic? And I say, you know, we're going to go down to the Mount Vernon Trail there. (laughs) they got a picnic area. We'll go ahead and reserve it. They give it to us for free. We're going to put up a GP large tent under there, you know, 300 people get under it. We're going to invite everybody to come down. We're going to buy, we're going to provide all the chicken and stuff. Everybody bring a salad, but we got to go help set up the tent. So I told Guido, I said, here's the good news. We want you to be a big part of this. You know, he'd been saved. We had a Bible study every single day at lunch, every single day at lunch. This, uh, uh, this captain, then major and I had a Bible study. We took turns every single day. I mean, people would bring their lunch down to the cafeteria back room would shut the wall and there'd be a hundred people back there studying God's word. I, it was mm. a blessing. It was mm. beyond anything that yeah. I could ever, only God can do something like that. Well, anyway, we bring Guido out to the uh, picnic zone and, you know, the, the one star general decided he was going to hang out with us that day. We invited him like 42 times, you know, so he came out there early, he actually drove out with me and stuff. We get out there where, and we got all these soldiers out there setting up the tent and Guido decides he wants to set up the tent too. So he gets on a ladder, and he's up there with a hammer back, and he hits his hand, brother. Oh. And there were more cuss words that came out of that man's mouth oh. in the next 60 seconds than I ever heard before in my life. And I remember I turned around, and I, he had been saved about a week, you know, or whatever. And I remember I turned around, I looked at the general, and the general looked at me and said, you know, maybe there's a better job for Guido. <laughs> but anyway, folks, I, I think the important thing here is, you know, maybe there is a better job for Guido, and there was. We, uh, we put him on the food uh, but but I think the thing that we got to remember that as we're looking, there's no classification with sin uh, in our lives. We can't classify mm. that a little lie is better than a big lie. I, I grew up in religion. I grew up in uh, rituals. I grew up in nothing real. I grew up in praying 103 rosary beads. I, I grew up in trying to understand everything exactly. And I didn't know what I was doing. It was all about rituals. It was all mm. about mm. repetitiveness. But to be able to understand that we need to be truth, the, the God we serve, the Savior who saved us yeah. represents truth. Yes. And no matter what it takes, it's hard sometimes. You know, I had to throw dozens of people out of the Army in our 26-year career. 
sit down and look at somebody and say, hey, we got to let you go, and this is why. And we didn't sugarcoat it. We didn't, we didn't play. You just don't fit. And, uh, but you're a good human being, and we're going to make sure your discharge is all right, or whatever the case may be. And, friends, we got to live a life like that. And live a life like that with your family. Live a life like that with your ministry. And, hey, we're just getting going. Make sure you stick around for a minute. We'll be right back. Yeah, so anyway, we're in the book of Proverbs this morning. We're in Proverbs chapter 17, verse number 16. And it's so good to remember that, uh, uh, again, a lie is a lie. Do whatever we can to stay away from that. Be truthful today. Find somebody and be truthful with them. And, you know, it's okay to be truthful uh, about making someone feel good about themselves. Tell somebody if they look good, tell them they look good. Yeah. If they're a good friend, tell them they're a good friend. If they don't stink in the army, that was a, a big thing, man. If you were around somebody that cleaned themselves and you had to be close to them all day, you let them know, hey, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for using the right God, praise God. But anyway, here we are. We're in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, and verse number 16. Wherefore, is there a price in the hand of a fool to get wisdom, seeing he had no heart for it? So it's saying, you know, you, you can have a pocket full of money. You can have, uh, you can drive up in a Rolls Royce and you can try to make a deal to buy wisdom from somebody, but if your heart's not in it, you just got a pocket full of money in a Rolls Royce. You don't have any wisdom. Yeah, yeah you, you, it can't be bought with money. It's bought with a heart that's right, desiring the right things. And you were talking about truth. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the, the truth. truth. And he was the one that revealed, exposed what God was like, the Father. Yeah. And so he came for that purpose to show people what God the Father or the nature of God was really like. Mm. And so whenever we're not putting up a front, not playing the hypocrite, we're actually being open with people. And so we show people what we're like. Now, we don't uh, go out of our way if we have sinful things going in our heart, trying to rub those off on others. But we don't need to play the hypocrite and pretend that we're something we're not. Yeah, that's a, that's a real big thing. And and you just, you know, folks, can I tell you something? Uh, when we walk into a room, when someone meets us, when we work with somebody, when we love somebody, when we care for somebody, they know who we are. And they're, in my mind, there's nothing more attractive in a friend or a coworker or a spouse or a family member just to be real and just to be honest, uh, to be caring. Uh, and I think, I think God's word is so real with that. And again, we're dealing with wisdom and folly, you know, the fool of the wise person. These are opposites. There's no gray area in any of the scripture here where we're not finding a gray area. And so, uh, and, and then that verse, that very, very famous mm -hmm. verse, pastor, uh, I mean, a friend, friend loveth at all times. Yeah. You, you can depend on them in good times or bad times. That's what that verse is really driving at. Yeah. When we're down or we're up, they're going to be alongside of us. Yeah. And I think of, you know, some of my pastor friends and as well as other Christians, you know, we all get emotionally up or down. Yep. yep. But, but a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And this is emphasizing particularly when we're going through difficult times, a true friend is going to come alongside of us and encourage us. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's fun uh, to me or, or wonderful to me that God reminds us that friends and brothers are pretty important. Yes. And uh, it's, you know, we look at this Hebrew parallelism sometimes or Hebrew poetry, and we, we try to make sense of what's going on. This is pretty basic here, and it's very simple. And I love exactly what 
the way Pastor said, you know, you're going to be down. You're going to be out. You, there's going to be some bad times. Hey, I went through some bad times a couple of years ago and probably many times in my life, and I was in a really bad place. And I'll tell you, before I went through that bad times, I couldn't count using both my hands, both my feet, both my wife's hands, and both her feet. How many people called me every week and checked mm, on me and yeah. talked to me and asked yeah. me how I was doing? And, and I would help them get meetings and I'd help them do things in the ministry and stuff. But I can count on one hand how many people showed up at my door when times were hard. I can count on one hand how many mm. times people came and stood beside me. Mm. Folks, be that person. Be you know, I had yeah. a friend of mine, he's just going through junk and, and and man, he was going through it. And I I I mean, I just drove and went to be with him because I because God allowed me to go through something. I had went through a trial uh, that this man was going through, and, and God allowed me to go through that trial. Now I can I can take that trial in my life and look back at it with disdain or anger or bitterness and let it ruin my life. Or I can look back at that trial and say, Man, God's gonna use me with that bad boy. There's something good that can come out of that. Yeah. You know, this is last week. I was thinking about a man that's in the ministry, and my heart was burdened to pray for him. Yeah. But I talked to his brother uh, last night, and he said he was going through one of the hardest weeks of his life. And I said, that's why God was burdening me. But I regret that I didn't call him and tell him or text him and say, hey, brother, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know I'm praying for you. I should yeah. have done that. It's one thing sometimes to pray to God. That's what yeah. we should start with. But we need to call that brother and just let him know mm. that we're alongside with him. Yeah. And on the way over here to this uh, broadcast today, I just was trying to get a hold of a lady whose husband has gone into Alzheimer's. It's really mm. tough. Yeah. And he's, he's in a veteran hospital. Looks like he's going to die. Mm. And I was trying to call her just to say, hey, listen, I want you to know we're going to be praying for you, and we're we're for you, and that makes a difference. It makes, and you know, we 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 are attracted to people who are godly in that kind of a way. We really are as human beings. Where uh, I like it when people come up to me at church. I'll go to church tonight, and there'll be two or three people that'll grab me by the arm and say, "Hey, been praying for you." Yeah. Now I, I so Debbie and I pray with two ladies at church on Wednesday night. Uh, we pray, and uh, one of the ladies, missionary for many, many years in New Guinea. The other lady, uh, a nurse for many, many years. The lady was a missionary. Her husbands went on to heaven. Great testimony. I mean, just these two ladies, they call down heaven for me. The Lord. They pull out their prayer book. And, and Pastor, <laughs> I pastored these ladies for many years, so yeah. he, he knows exactly who I'm speaking about. And I wouldn't mention their names because I don't want to embarrass them. I don't think they'd be mad at me or anything. But I'm here to tell you that every time Debbie and I sit down with them and they say, gather up in your group, and we about half the time we're with these two ladies. And every time Debbie and I pray with them, they pull out the Doug and Debbie book. Yeah. And they check on their prayers. You know, how's this working out with your son? How's this working out with Debbie? And Debbie, did you have that appointment? What the doctor? You know, yeah, folks, be that person. Yes. Be that person that you want to pray with and, and, and be that person. I, I'm telling you what, I, there's no one else in church I'd pick over these two ladies. It's it just unlikely how it all came together. We were sitting next to them, you know, and uh, we just started praying with them. And, uh, and boy, somewhere a friendship has developed, a kinship. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's just, you know, there's a kindred spirit that God gives to his folks. And it's a shame if we waste that. Yes. Yes, exactly. You know, this is what I would say uh, 
Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. Yeah. And we have many opportunities to minister grace, something that will strengthen, something that will encourage, something that will empower, just yeah. a word, a phrase to them. And we ought not to think, well, I, I might say the wrong thing. So often we're hindered by that thought, well, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, there's good to be in caution at times, but there are other times we ought to just tell them what our heart's feeling for them. Exactly. And, and you know, doing that, that's, and, you know, think about it even from a non-Christian term. I go out of my way to be, you know, we go over to our Publix. It's just right down the road. And grocery store. Grocery store, yeah. Some of you wouldn't know that. And uh, uh, we go to the same one all the time. I mean, it's it's literally, if I, I drive just to put stuff in the car, I could walk there in, in four minutes. And, uh, uh, but we get on there like today and, you know, you check on Amber, the lady who brings your groceries out to the car. We always go through Laurie's line. You know, we, we, the store manager, we give him a hug and we shake his hand. And I mean, we get to, we get to be a blessing to them. Yeah. And, you know, today Amber had a new haircut and I, you know, so we went out of our way to compliment that. And, and every other Thursday, so I get a haircut every two weeks now. So I've stretched those out since I got out of the <laughs> army. So every two weeks I get a haircut down here in Taylor's and the lady who cuts my hair and I leave there on Thursdays. I get, my haircut's at three o'clock every two weeks. I leave there and I drive uh, to Harris Teeter on Stone Road in Greenville, South Carolina, because it's prime rib day there. And it's, it's my guilty pleasure. Every two weeks, you get a hunk of prime rib potatoes and a vegetable for $14.99. It's about a pound. It's two meals. And uh, anyway, I always do that. And that lady, whenever I go there, I always start a conversation with her in line, a couple people out. And, I, and, and, and I'll tell her, boy, you look good. How you doing? How was your vacation? Things, folks, you can be used of God is what I'm saying. And this lady, it's not what I do. She blesses me. Whenever I go up there, she says, that anyone ever tell you you look just like Kevin Costner? Uh, <laughs> you look so good, Doug. I, I'm so glad you lost that weight. And how you doing? And, and you want some sauce with that? And, and I have a conversation. And then the, the lady, and I always do this, too. There's a Starbucks right next to it there. And the lady says, do I start your pink drink? And I wave her off. Yeah, start that bad boy. You know, it's just tea with a few strawberries floating around. It. But I always get my pink drink, and I, and I go sit down in the cat. But here's what I'm saying. Those people change my life when I go over there. I want to go back to that store. They're building a Harris Teeter right over here in Old Spartanburg, right down the road. I might still go to Stone. It's right next to where my barber is, but I still might go to Stone. But listen, folks, you can make a difference. What we ought to do in church is what you're describing. Yeah. People come up. We ought to be. And your families. Yeah. And your families. Hey, don't forget your husband or wife or your best friends. Yeah, boyfriend or girlfriend, those kids, they're your friends, they're your neighbors, and treat them that way. So our friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Just be a friend that loveth at all times. And boy, if people are going through junk, show up. Man, God can use that. God can use that. And, you know, bring, bring food, praise God. Hey, listen, we sure do love you folks. Hey, great news. Stephanie's still on vacation. She'll be back next week. But uh, Pastor Miller's still going to be with us. So we got another podcast tomorrow morning. And then Friday, you want to be back on Friday morning, listen to Pastor Miller. We're going to talk about being a narcissist and having to deal with narcissists more of that than anything else. And you want to make sure you come and listen to that. We'll have his decades, decades of experience in that area. We sure do love you folks. May God bless you.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.